Welcome to Embrace Live Thrive, a podcast to encourage women that depression and anxiety are not normal parts of motherhood. To realize that taking care of yourself is important and you, mom, are worthy of care, and that is the best way to care for your family. Join me as we talk through issues in mental, social, nutritional, physical health, and so much more. Now is the time to start talking and admit that motherhood is the hardest thing we have ever done, but also the most rewarding. I hope you were able to listen as I tell you that it is okay to not be okay, but what is not okay is to stay there. I hope to equip you with tools, tips, resources to help get you through some of life's most exhausting moments. And at the end of the day, realize that you are the best mom out there for your family. Hey guys, it's Dr. Sarah Meyer, and today I can't even begin to tell you how excited I am about this interview. Angel Macasano joins me to discuss how she was inspired to begin Little Black Book, which is a women's entrepreneurial networking organization. She goes on to discuss goal setting through visualization. Her vision starts with where she wants to be on December 31st of the next year, and she sets her goals backwards from there. Angel talks about mindset, focus, vision being so important for moving yourself forward and encourages us to not let anyone else try and shift those things because then it becomes their goals and not yours. Angel talks to us about the best way to start or grow a business begins with true commitment. Guys, you are going to fall in love with Angel and the passion and devotion she has to see women follow their purpose. Please share this with all of your friends. Help inspire all of us to start 2022 with our best foot forward. Here's Angel. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening today. I am just thrilled about today's interview. I am super, super excited. I think it's going to be such a great one. Angel from my networking group, she is the founder CEO of Little Black Book. Come on today and we're going to talk through issues developing her own program and how it grew, how to make goals. So Angel, if you would take a second and just introduce yourself, that would be phenomenal. Sure. Good morning. My name is Angel Magasano. I am the founder and CEO of Little Black Book Women in Business. Little Black Book is a professional organization for women. We do things like offer self-development workshops for professional women, as well as networking opportunities, and we really do try to dive into our communities through uh, service and Mm -hmm. philanthropy campaigns. I joined Little Black Book. It's been right at a year now here in a couple of days. And what I have passionately fallen in love with is that it's environment of support, encouragement. It's women encouraging women to move themselves forward, not only professionally, but in the personal level as well. And it's just been something that's been really encouraging, supportive, and just a loving space. And I really think that comes from the top down, that you have just built this space for women to come and know that they can grow and ask and learn and just be who they are. It's just an awesome thing. Let's go back to the very, very beginning. Tell me how you even came up with the idea of Little Black Book. Where did, where did, what is its foundations? My background is I have a profession and education in communications and marketing. And I made my, myself, I made it to mid-level marketing in the corporate mm-hmm. world. 
And with that comes a lot of responsibility and demands on your time. Mm -hmm. And when you're in the corporate world, in my situation anyway, there was a feeling that my superiors really didn't care about me, the person, Mm -hmm. and what I was going through as an individual, whether or not my children were sick. And climbing the corporate ladder as a woman, I found to be very difficult because not only in my department was I the only Mm -hmm. woman married, I was the only woman with children. So a lot of the women around me were very dog-eat-dog type of women Mm -hmm. climbing that corporate ladder, which I respect and was right for them, but it wasn't right for me. I made the tough decision years ago to leave the corporate world to raise my children. Mm -hmm. So I went from making a very high mid-level management salary to making no money whatsoever right and being in charge of the family the home Mm -hmm. the travel the you know all the things that come with home management raising a family but because of my level of ambition and my professionalism as a marketing person Mm -hmm. I just couldn't sit still Mm -hmm. Uh, I also have the personality type of a visionary so I have a very difficult time with status quo, right. I'm always thinking and creating, and I, I just can't help it. Yeah. So I, in the interim, I had decided to start a cake business where I was decorating and designing wedding cakes and big celebration incredible. cakes. They were pretty incredible, and it was at the onset back in the day. Uh, the cake boss had just come on uh-huh. to television, yeah. and then the, you know Duff Goldman and the Ace of Cakes. They were very big uh-huh. and big. Um, tiered fondant covered mm-hmm. cakes were new and innovative and everybody wanted them and loved them and I was very good at it. Yeah. Uh, but I was a home baker which wasn't necessarily licensed in the county at the time. I believe now it is. And I was having a very difficult time growing my network and my opportunity outside of my immediate friend network. Mm-hmm. And I found myself going to networking opportunities that were locally hosted and no one took me seriously because I had a very difficult time with people in the room taking me seriously as a professional Uh I think that I was just discarded or dismissed as um oh she's cute she's got a home hobby business Mm -hmm. she makes pretty cupcakes isn't that sweet and it was very frustrating because I had um, won a national award for cake design within the industry. And I just didn't know what I didn't know. And I didn't know how to build that business and build that network. So I started to seek out some women in my community who were also home-based business owners Mm -hmm. who were trying to be taken seriously and grow a business and didn't necessarily know exactly what they were doing. Yeah. And we felt that together we could share our best practices and tips and tricks and some things that we knew or had in our back pocket so that we could all start to grow a business that would Mm be taken seriously by our peers. That is incredible. I am so inspired by you and your story and just Mm -hmm. the grit that it takes to start something. It's really easy to have the vision, but to be able to execute and get the ball rolling sometimes takes that extra, that extra oomph, that extra step. Talk to us as LBB started and transitioned, how, how many years ago did it start now? Did you launch? Officially? We established uh, the organization in October of 2012. Okay. So we are coming into our 10th year wow. as an entity. Mm-hmm. And I think that if we go back to your first question, mm-hmm. 
I think that we do have such an environment of acceptance and collaboration because my first experience in the marketplace Mm -hmm. was the exact opposite. There was no acceptance. There was just dismissal. And it just seems so unfair uh, to to try to come at somebody with an idea and have that other person be a no Mm -hmm. first person and say, "Uh, we're not... we can't do that. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. So having the approach of yes, first, I like your idea. Let's refine it. How do we get there? Mm-hmm. I think is an environment that we have tried to tried to create here with the organization. Yeah. There was a transition point for you, I know, with LBB where you were going through a divorce and you have had to make the decision of what direction you were going to go and you chose LBB. Can you talk to us a little bit about that moment and that switch mentally about focusing on this. You knew that this is what you wanted to be doing. So I know with the research of my personality type as an innovator or a visionary, sometimes you get so into your idea and the process and the systems that your personal relationships suffer Mm -hmm. because of it. And that's spot on and hits me straight in the heart when I read those uh, key characteristics of my Mm -hmm. personality type. But that did happen and my marriage fell apart because I was so dedicated and devoted and distracted by this yeah. other thing over here. But there was a, a specific point in time when I was sitting in my office with a couple of colleagues of mine, and the organization was not financially stable. Uh-huh. I was not going to be financially stable. This was, I had had all my eggs in this basket for several years, and even though I hustled to create awareness and to have people join join me in the mission. It still was very yeah. difficult. And I was at the point of just giving up mm-hmm. because the easy thing would be to just let Little Black Book stop mm-hmm. and go away. And I could go back to work in the corporate world, making the kind of money that I would have been making yeah. had I stayed in the corporate world. And I had a friend say to me, you know, if you do that, you really do stab every woman who has bought into the organization and the ideals and the vision. You really do stab them in the back and leave them with nothing. Mm -hmm. So I did think on that for quite some time, but I couldn't get that thought out of my head that it was true, that I did have sizable, probably 50 women Mm -hmm. who were engaged in our organization at the time. And they were very engaged and they were getting value from the organization and they they felt listened to and they felt like they had a place at the table and they felt empowered to do what it was that they were doing. And if we dropped the organization, then perhaps that could potentially drop out of these women's lives. And I decided that wasn't something that I was going to do, that it was it was forcing me to really make this work as Mm -hmm. a business. Absolutely. The perseverance and just the intensity of what you just spoke about, I feel like I can even feel it today of that moment. I mean, that's a difficult moment trying to make that decision of what is the right path. But what I love is that you had this vision and this passion and you didn't stop. No, I appreciate that. People that helped encourage you, but sometimes that's the great part of having friends that hold you accountable because they knew you well enough to know that if you let this go, not only would you potentially hurt other women, but you knew they knew you'd be hurting yourself because you were letting something go that you believed in so much. 
Well, and you're right. And so the woman that had the conversation with me is Jeannie Strickland, and she's Mm -hmm. been a personal friend of mine probably close to 20 years. And she's one of my closest allies within Mm -hmm. the organization. And she speaks truth and, and honesty and she, we've had some very raw, mm-hmm. open communication with one another. And she really did feel like, even though she understood my frustration and my disappointments yeah. and my lack of financial stability, right. she still felt that I had it within me to make it work and I should do that. Oh, I mean, that gives me chills even thinking about it, to have a friend that sees that and knows and just pushes. And we've pretty much touched on this, but I want to summarize it here. What in your mind makes LBB so successful and continue to grow? Because you're up to how how many women now are in the in the group? We have 365 oh my members. Gosh. Amazing. In Little Black Book, I just am so, actually I'm flattered and honored to have people buy into the messaging that that we promote, but we operate in eight chapters Mm -hmm. over four counties here Mm -hmm. in the greater St. Louis area. And sometimes I think of it like a person who's looking for a house. When you're house uh, searching, you walk into a house and you either know or you don't know Mm -hmm. that it's right for you. There's a feel about it that either feels welcoming or doesn't. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's a feeling that you can't explain or put into words yeah. to to other people but I think the charm of little well that's it little black book has charm mm-hmm. it has there's a sincerity within uh, its membership and I think that when women come into that environment they can feel it mm-hmm. it's a feeling that they get so they know that they're in a place surrounded by women who truly are interested in yeah. seeing others bring out the best in themselves. Guys, I mean, it has just been a really great space for me to grow. If you have a business, going to start a business, thinking about a business, I strongly encourage you to go check out LBB. It's a really great community of women pushing each other forward. So we're going to transition to another topic that I think you have so much value to add. When you came and spoke to my specific chapter in Cottleville, one of the things you talked about was how you write goals. And at the end of the year, you review those goals. And even if you know you haven't met all of them, you can still see the progress. And I'd like to talk to a little bit specifically about that is describe how you even sit and write goals. Like what, what are you looking for when you're sitting and writing goals? For me this year, we'll take this year as a specific example. We've really crushed all of the goals that, that we set for ourselves. But as a visionary personality, I see pictures in my head all the time. Mm-hmm. So I can envision what my life is going to look like on December the 31st. So right now I'm looking at envisioning December the 31st of, two, of next year. Mm-hmm. So I will set goals based on what I want to have accomplished in that 12 months. And this year, some of the goals were very simple. Um, Some of them were numbers oriented based on the business and how the business needed to be financially stable Mm -hmm. with with regard to new membership, Mm -hmm. retention of membership. And then some were goals of people that I wanted to meet, connect with, 
and leverage a, mm-hmm. a relationship with. Some of the goals were press related, like mm-hmm. I wanted to have at least three positive press pieces awesome. during during the year, which mm-hmm. we accomplished. And so not all goals are number oriented. Some mm-hmm. of them are relationship based and some yeah. of them are, you know, different facets of the business. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, setting those goals simply comes down to what I what do I want my life to look like at the end of the year? And this past year, I saw myself, what I wanted to, to have happen was I wanted to be financially stable enough to take my entire family, mm-hmm. my three children and their plus ones, to Orlando for the holidays. Yeah. That's what I wanted. And everything that set the, the, the table yeah. for everything during the year to yeah. add up to that. And so that's what we, that's what we're doing mm-hmm. and we accomplished it. And so it's just having that mindset and focus mm-hmm. and vision and not letting anybody else's opinion of your vision yeah. interrupt. The fact that I want to go to Harry Potter world and play with my children for a couple of days uh-huh. doesn't appeal to everyone. And right. they may not see the importance uh-huh. of that in my life, but it doesn't matter to me because that's, this is my life, my vision uh-huh. and, and my path. So um, in setting goals, I would say be very introspective mm-hmm. and make sure that someone else is not setting the goal for you yeah. because then that becomes their goal yeah. and not your goal. Yeah. I love that so much. It's so good. I really appreciate how you're taking your big vision and you're like, how do I accomplish this vision? And you step back and you're like, okay, I need to make this as a whatever goal. I need to make this as a next goal. I need to make this as the next goal. And you step back to where you're doing those goals to accomplish that final goal. I think sometimes we get caught up in the immediate goals and the now goals. Okay. Well, in six weeks, I want to lose 10 pounds, you know, but in reality, okay, I want to go to Disney and I want to look a certain way or feel a certain way and and understand that I'm just using that because that's people's easiest understanding of goals is usually weight loss, but it can be anything, but understanding where your end is makes your start a lot easier and it makes you be able to stay more committed because you know what you're working for. Yeah, I agree with you. And I I think that if people would embrace the idea of visioning, mm-hmm. they would really be able to propel themselves so much yeah. more forward more quickly. You know that we've heard that athletes do it quite a bit some, yeah. where they just meditate and they envision themselves in the game, mm-hmm. what's happening, the outcome of the game, and they're able to really put themselves in the feeling of it mm-hmm. and how they feel when that happens. And it works. It absolutely does. And I think that many people think of that philosophy as hogwash mm-hmm. and don't embrace it. Yeah. But I think if they would just give it a try, they'd yeah. be surprised at the results. Yeah, there is some incredibly fascinating research, which we can spend a whole nother podcast talking about. Actually, speaking to the exact thing that you talked about is visualization, not only with athletes, but also high-functioning EOs. And people who are high functioning is taking that and exactly visualizing not only what it looks like, but how you feel in that moment. Tell me how you track your goals. Do you have a specific system that you use? 
or do you just kind of write things down? How do you track your goals? At this point, the tracking has become quite sophisticated because we have a we have a staff of six individuals. Mm-hmm. So all of the goals for the organization are written down. Mm-hmm. They're logged on spreadsheet uh-huh. and we actively track. We have reporting systems that track gotcha. the financials, the numbers. Mm-hmm. And then we also track the ancillary things that we want to have happen, the number of toys we wanted to collect. Yeah. We didn't hit our goal, but we're not going to cry about it. Right. We donated 8,300 toys this year. To for toys to tots. To for toys to tots. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we do track everything and we go through it every Monday morning. Mm-hmm. We have a staff meeting and we talk about where we are, where we're falling short, where mm-hmm. we're exceeding expectation, and what we need to do mm-hmm. to get to the next point. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys, listen, listen to what she just said or visualizes it, makes goals. And then she checks in repetitively to make sure she's keeping towards that goal. So she's not making a goal and then goes sitting out doing something else. And then three months, like, oh, why didn't I meet my goal? You are checking in, following through, making sure you're taking the steps that you want to meet those. Specifically talking about your, you say you visualize in December 31st of, of next year, but how do you, when you sit and review, so December 31st of 2021, reviewing the previous year. What does that look like for you? Do you take a specific moment? Is it just in your mind throughout a period of time? I think that um, as a visionary, one of the key characteristics is that I'm always looking forward, always looking forward. So having these weekly reviews where we know where we're standing with regard to goal is very helpful. So at the end of the year, Mm -hmm. I already know where we are Uh because now I'm looking forward to the next to the next. Uh-huh. But I think that some of it also just comes with the sophistication of being an entrepreneur mm-hmm. because you do, there are levels uh, within the entrepreneurship process where you go from an employee of your own business where you mm-hmm. pr- really bought yourself a job mm-hmm. to growing past that and learning how to delegate and learning how to goal manage and learning all of the logistics that go within the organization so that you can be that umbrella person Mm -hmm. that just oversees and Mm -hmm. steers and you're not the task master any longer. You become the visionary. And I think that I'm on my path, that has been the most impressive thing mm-hmm. for me to watch me to do yeah. is really grow into that head position and own it. Because for mm-hmm. a lot of years, I was in the head position, but it was embarrassing for me to own. Yeah. I felt almost, I don't deserve it. I shouldn't be here. I'm not smart enough to be telling these other people what to do mm-hmm. because I'm doing something completely new and building an organization from zero where there are no rules. Uh-huh. There is some imposter syndrome Absolutely. in that I just made this up and it's just it's just a fun game for me. Uh-huh. I feel like I'm playing work every day, yeah. but other people buy into the messaging and in the, the value system. Mm-hmm. So it is, it makes it real. Yeah. It may, it takes it from, gives you that uh, affirmation. Yes. Mm-hmm. It takes it from, this is my idea and I'm having fun doing this to, this is a real entity and a real feeling that is affecting lives in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And it's very serious. Yeah, it absolutely is. That is just such a great description of understanding visualization, goals, tracking them, reviewing them. As kind of the last question on this topic, 
do you have specific tips or strategies for women who, again, are either starting a business, have a vision for a business, or trying to grow a business that they can keep momentum? I think the the word that comes to mind immediately is commitment, because all things are possible, but it's not probable unless you're committed to it. Absolutely. So once you have made a decision mm-hmm. and you commit to the decision, then it is possible for you to bring it to life. Mm-hmm. If you're not committed, it's simply not going to happen. Yeah. And we can go back to your weight loss uh-huh. Exam- example. Yeah. It's the example. So I need to lose 30 pounds and I'm going to tell you all day long how I've changed my eating habits and the weight's just not coming off. But when I lay in bed with only myself at night, which when I, I think I'm my most authentic self because mm-hmm. it's just me in the dark alone with my thoughts. I know I'm not committed to losing that weight. Yeah. That's why it's not happening. Uh-huh. So I think that in business, if you are failing mm-hmm. or if you're not seeing the results that you wish to see, mm-hmm. you're just not committed and your authentic self knows you're not committed. Yeah. And to kind of add a point to what you're talking about, I feel very strongly about, I think sometimes that lack of commitment, lack of self-belief. You talked about specifically the imposter syndrome, but I think women sometimes with that imposter syndrome struggle to even believe in themselves. So it's hard to finish or fulfill that vision if you don't even believe that you're capable of doing it. So I think some of this foundational work also is just understanding that one, I'm committing, but I also believe that I can do it. It's a tough, it's a very tough, it is very tough emotion to, it, to it accept. Is. It can be held back by trauma, which is again, another podcast, but I, I always encourage women that if there are a few are holding you back from understanding your worth, your value and your ability to contribute and move forward, that's worth dealing with. Got to deal with that because the value and worth you place on yourself is what you expect from other people as well. So if you can't respect and love yourself, it's hard to expect that from other people as well. Starting there, learning that you are valuable, that you are worth it, that you can commit to whatever you visioned and move forward is such an important thing to take on as we start this new year. Oh, I agree. It all start. It starts with your mindset, mm-hmm. and we we preach that all the time mm-hmm. at Little Black Book. And I think that there are a lot of you can get that content from anywhere, uh-huh. but unless you believe it, yeah, it's not real. 100%. Let's finish, wrap it up with my favorite question. What is your favorite form of self-care? Travel. Travel. There you go. I love travel. it. The only reason I work and make money is to travel. And love so it. we talked about it in the podcast. It was my vision for the year. Uh-huh. We hit the goal. We're doing it. We, we head out here very soon. And I enjoy geography, other cultures, food, art, uh-huh. music. And I want to experience as yeah. much of that as possible. And I am able to completely let go when I'm traveling, I don't worry about work. I know I've got more than capable yeah. staff to handle anything that we have going on. And thankfully, my work is not curing cancer or, you know, uh-huh. doing uh, surgery on babies. So that's my self-care. Angel, it's so good. I love it. Okay. Last thing. How do we find, what are the best ways to find you and LBB? 
The Black Book is on the web at womenoflbb.com. There's a ton of content out there regarding mm-hmm. the organization, our mission, our values, as well as calendars to special events that mm-hmm. you can opt into. We also have a public Facebook page at Women of LBB mm-hmm. and an Instagram page at Women of Little Black Book. Yeah. So we can be followed on all of those platforms. Okay. Guys, go check it out. It is worth it. It is so much fun. I have thoroughly enjoyed being a part of this group of women. And I'm going to have all this stuff in the show notes so you can find it super, super simple. Guys, thanks for listening. I really appreciate it.